Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the X Factor Sports Podcast, the best podcast out right now, Wednesday nights. I'm your host, Jay Mondane. This is season two, episode six. I want to thank y'all for tuning in tonight. We got a great show for you. We got playoffs are here now. We got WNBA finals. We got Major League Baseball playoffs already started. We got a lot going on. NBA is back training camps. We will get into that. Before that, we'll get into some quick news. Let's start with the ladies first. Of course, the WNBA finals is here. Game one is on Sunday. You got everybody's favorite, who we all predicted to go to the finals once we saw Brianna Stewart go to the New York Liberty. So we got the Liberty and the Vegas Aces squared off in the finals on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and predict that this will go all five games. These two teams are evenly matched. I think Vegas has one or two more wins in them, but start studded on both sides. I think that it goes the distance, but I will take the Vegas Aces to repeat. I think Asia Wilson takes not winning the MVP this year. Personally, she will win WNBA Finals MVP, but I believe the series goes five games, and I think Asia Wilson's motivated to make history, so be sure to tune in starting game one on Sunday. Major League Baseball, like I told y'all, the wild card is here. It started yesterday. Games are already flying by. For those of you who are not familiar with the baseball wild card, it is a best of five series or best of three series. I apologize. So some of these games are already done. Some of them have already moved on to the next round, but the playoffs did start yesterday. Congratulations to the Twins. They've had playoff struggles, lost 18 straight playoff games coming into this season, and they just swept the Blue Jays earlier today. So they go on to play the Baltimore Orioles and snap that streak. So congratulations to them. American League Central got a root for them there in the same division as my White Sox. So they got the win. They are on their way to the ALDS. And then, of course, Major League Baseball, we got a great one retiring. Miggy Cabrera, another American League Central player, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Miguel Cabrera started his career in 2003, won a World Series right off the bat, no pun intended, with the Marlins back when they were the Florida Marlins. Got one real young, moved on to Detroit back in like 2008. And that's when he entered his prime. That's when he became the Miggy Cabrera we all know and love. Batted 306 for his career, um, over 3,100 hits, 511 home runs, over 1,800 RBIs, bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer, 21 seasons. Mr. Detroit Tiger, congrats to Miggy Cabrera on a great career. Hope you enjoy retirement. Hopefully you stay in the States so people can see you especially out there in Detroit where they need a little bit of love. So congratulations to Miggy Cabrera. NBA quick news. Obviously, we know training camp is here. So you already seen the Jimmy Butler emo hair photos with the comb over looking crazy. Everybody having a little fun with the photos with the um, teams coming back to camp. But some news did come in probably under the radar, but not to us basketball fans. Drew Holiday is a Boston Celtic. 
we already knew he wasn't going to stay in Portland with that three-team trade with Dame. But now he is with a true bona fide NBA championship contending team, the Boston Celtics. I think he brings tremendous leadership to the Boston Celtics. He replaces Marcus Smart. It's an upgrade in my eyes. Somebody with championship pedigree, somebody that's been an all-star, who's seen it all, done it all in the NBA, guarded the best players. I think he takes a lot of pressure off of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, from a leadership standpoint, where they can just go out and ball. And Drew Holiday has the experience in playing with a bona fide superstar in Giannis for years. So I think that this is actually a great move by Boston to pick up Drew Holiday. With that trade, though, they do see Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams go to Portland, which actually still is good for Portland. Looks like Chauncey Billups trying to build something over there with Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. He's got a lot of big men over there now with DeAndre Ayton still there, too. So I wonder what is going to happen with Portland, if they're going to make more moves or not. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that combination of youth with Scoot Henderson and the experience with Malcolm Brogdon. So that's what we got for the quick news. Before we get into the segments, let's get into some NIL. All right. Has the NIL given college football players or college players in general too much leverage? The reason I say that is because a player like Caleb Williams, right? Heisman Trophy winner, USC, on pace to probably win back-to-back Heisman trophies. There are rumors that he may stay in college. And there are also rumors that he has teams that he prefers to play for. Now, this isn't new that a player has come out and said that they have preferred teams that they like to play for. But it's different now because these players can leverage going to the league or not because of the NIL. Give you an example. Caleb Williams is, Caleb Williams stands to make $2.6 million this year playing in college just from the NIL endorsements, all that. Trevor Lawrence, who plays in the NFL already, number he was a number one overall pick as well, plays for Jacksonville is not even making a million dollars this season. Caleb Williams is making $1.6 million more than the number one pick that's already in the NFL. Seems crazy, right? So because of that, that's why I pose the question, does the NFL or the NIL give these players more leverage? Caleb Williams can stay in college for another year if he wanted to. If the, if the team that gets the number one overall pick is not suitable for him or he doesn't feel like he should play for him, he can just say, I'm good. I'm going to stay here. I can make up to three, three and a half million dollars in college next season and not worry about this college or this NFL rookie deal that I would get. So the leverage is there. I would only say the leverage is there for the number one pick. I don't think it's there for everybody. Just for the simple fact, again, it is your dream to go play in the NFL if you're playing at this high of a level in college. But it does pose the question, the leverage that these players have. can They can dictate 
where they want to play in the NFL. They can make teams, quote unquote, tank on purpose to get them. Like I said, it's already rumored that Caleb Williams has five teams in mind that he is looking to, that he could possibly play for. And it just opens the door for teams to say, well, we can start losing games because we know Caleb Williams is interested in us. The Giants being one of those teams, the Raiders being one of those teams. So there are teams already in a position where they probably won't make the playoffs, can literally just fall back and say, all right, Caleb Williams has said that he's interested in playing for us. Let's go ahead and try to get this number one overall pick so we can draft them. So it's given college football players, specifically number one picks, leverage over where they go or if they stay in school and take NIL money because they probably will get paid more than the quarterbacks on rookie deals. Now, here's the flip side to that. When it comes to the leverage, the NFL will counter that. When you look at a player like Bryce Young, number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. He signed a guaranteed $36 million contract with bonuses and incentives included in that up to 24 million as a rookie. So he has a four year, $36 million deal. I think the reason that that deal was made is because of the NIL. It shows college players, listen, if you're the number one pick, you can get a contract like this instead of worrying about staying in college. All in all, I don't think that a number one a person or a quarterback or player that is potentially a number one overall pick will stay in college. You got to think these guys are competitive. They're the most competitive. And if you have the opportunity to live out your dream and be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, you're not going to sit back in college one year and hope and bank on being the number one pick the next season. It's too much of a risk knowing that you can be that guy right out of college. Caleb Williams is as much of a foregone conclusion as a number one pick or prospect as Trevor Lawrence was, as Bryce Young was, as Andrew Luck was, if you go back a few years. John Elway, for, for my older viewers, like that, he is going to be the guy. If he doesn't get hurt, he will be the number one overall pick. Foregone conclusion. So there's two sides to the coin. Yes, he has the leverage of staying in school and getting the NIL money, but also the NFL can counter with, you see the deal Bryce Young got as a rookie. You can come in the league making money. So the choice is yours. I personally believe that he's gone. I think he will be the number one overall pick. I don't think he stays in college, but you can't blame him for trying to leverage that with the NIL. That's why it's a slippery slope. And a lot of people were saying, hey, we need to make sure this NIL thing doesn't get out of control. Because if it leans over to NBA or to the college basketball, those players don't have to wait three years. A, a freshman can be one and done. Knowing that a team, and because it's a lottery, it's not a guarantee that the team you want to be the number one pick or to get the number one pick that you can go to. Because the NBA is a lottery and not a definite, the worst team gets the number one pick, a player can just say, I'm good. 
I'm going to stay in college another year or I'm going to go overseas and make money there. So we got to be careful about this NIL, how much money we want to allow these kids to get. There should be some sort of cap, I believe. Obviously, I'm all for players getting their money, but we don't want it to get to a point where players are leveraging their way in and out of, quote unquote, the amateur sport. So just something to think about. And lastly, I'll leave you with this. Armando Baycott, he's a player for UNC, basketball player. He's going into his fifth year. He was awarded or granted a fifth year because of that COVID year in 2020. He was eligible to go to the league and was an NBA prospect two years ago. And he's coming back for another season. I don't know if he doesn't feel like he's ready for the NBA or because he knows he's going to get NIL money in college. So it's just something to think about. Are we reining this NIL thing in where the players are getting money, but we keep it under control or are we allowing them to leverage their way to the next level? Something to think about. You guys let me know. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, of course, all of the audio spots we will be on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, RR Radio, all the above. When we come back, the NBA is back, baby. We got training camp starting this week. We are going to get into the top five teams who need to win the championship this season. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you like any of the segments, be sure to comment like share subscribe we interact with the fans as always love to see y'all comments on the bottom good or bad doesn't matter to me i just like the interaction let me know what you think and we can move forward let's get into the nba like i said we are back training camp has begun the first games coming here in about three weeks october 24th we will have opening night for the nba but i want to get into the five teams that need to win right now. Based on everything that's happened over the summer, trades, acquisitions, where players are at in their career, I kind of touched on it a little bit in the quick news with the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. But we're going to talk about the top five teams. At number five, the Denver Nuggets need to win now. I know everybody's saying, Jay, why do the Nuggets need to win now if they just won a championship? The reason why I think they need to win now is because if they're trying to make history, it's a short window of time in, in sport where you can make history. 
And with Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, like if these guys can repeat in the LeBron, Steph, KD era, this will make history. Nobody expected the Denver Nuggets to be good or good enough to win an NBA championship, especially now how deep the West is with Sacramento getting good, the Clippers getting healthy. All these teams that have their big twos, big threes, Phoenix Suns. If the Denver Nuggets can win back-to-back -back titles, it will put solidify them in this era as one of the best teams getting a back-to-back -back on KD, LeBron, and Steph's watch. No other team could do it. Toronto couldn't do it. The Lakers couldn't do it. The Suns couldn't do it. They made it to a final, couldn't do it. Milwaukee won a final, couldn't do it. Couldn't go back to back. So if the Nuggets actually get it done, it'll be a nice piece of history for them during this era. So that's why I got them at number five. At number four, the Phoenix Suns need to win now. KD's not getting any younger. Bradley Bill is there. He wants to play meaningful basketball, his words. Devin Booker's been to a final, been close, won the first two games in an NBA final, and then lost the next four. So I think all three of them are hungry to play meaningful basketball, win an NBA championship. Huge for KD. He wants to win a championship outside of Golden State. They move off DeAndre Aiden. New ownership, new coaching, Frank Vogel. I think they need to win now. If they don't win now, when will they win? Excuse me. KD is not getting any younger, like I said. So they need to win this season. At number three, Philadelphia 76ers. They are almost to the point of like code red with winning. If you guys remember... Over the last 10 years, what has this slogan been? Trust the process, right? I don't know how long this process is taking, but this process is taking a long damn time. Joel Embiid is almost in his 30s. He has not been to a conference final. I think that it is time for them to win now. If they don't win now, Joel Embiid will be asking to leave Philadelphia. I think he's giving them everything he could. He's been as healthy as he can be. He's been an all-NBA player. He's been an all-star. He is now the reigning league MVP. He's had teammates come in and out of the organization. James Harden still wants out. I'm surprised he ain't gained 40 pounds to try to get out of Philly. There's so much going on in Philadelphia, and everybody's saying that they need to win now, win now. This is the year, I believe, personally, if the 76ers do not win this year, that they blow everything up. New coach and Nick Nurse. Usually, in the NBA, when a team hires a new coach, a, a, a successful team, like a team that's been winning playoff games or making it to the playoffs consistently, and they fire the coach and bring in a new coach, that tells me one of two things. They feel like they are on the cusp of winning a championship. They just need the right coach to push buttons. Or if it does not work, we're ready to rebuild. The coach is always the first to go when you want to rebuild because they want to implement their system and bring their guys in. I believe that's what's happening with Nick Nurse. 
He is experienced with coaching young teams. And he's won an NBA title in Toronto. So I believe that if they cannot win this year, that they blow the whole thing up. That's why I have them number three on the list of teams that need to win a championship now. They have not done anything to improve the roster. Maybe they'll make some moves midseason. They're waiting on this James Harden thing. That's probably slowing them up. But Philly needs to win now or it won't ever happen because teams are getting better every year and they're not. At number two in the Western Conference, the LA Clippers are the same way. If they can't win now, I don't know if they ever will. This is, believe it or not, this is Kawhi and Paul George's fifth season together, going into season number five, which is crazy to think. Hell, I didn't even realize Kawhi had been in the league this long, but he is going to be with this team longer than any other team he's ever been with. He wasn't even with the Spurs this long. Coming into year five, if Kawhi and Paul George don't get it done now, it puts Steve's it puts the owner Steve Ballmer in a hell of a position. Think about it. They just built the new stadium in Inglewood that opens next season. So you need superstars when you open up a new venue because you're trying to get fans. They're in a city where it's a Laker town, and so much is going on in LA. There's so many teams. It's hard to keep people's attention in Hollywood as it is. So you building a whole new stadium in Inglewood with no championship, they haven't even been to a conference final. So, or they've been to one in this iteration. And I don't think Kawhi was healthy for it. I think Paul George actually led them to a conference final. But I say all that to say this. If Kawhi and Paul George can't get it done this year, when will they get it done? So, Clippers, the clock's been ticking for them. They aren't getting any younger. I don't know if they've done much to beef up their roster either. They got Westbrook there too. He's looking to get a championship. You got a lot of veteran guys that are good players, great players, that haven't won. Kawhi has won two championships with two separate teams, but the, the other core group of guys haven't really done anything collectively. So, I think the Clippers are also in code red as the number two team that needs to get an NBA title. Steve Ballmer is going to run out of patience with these guys, and they got a new stadium. They had it. They have to have something for their fans to cheer for in this new stadium next season. And at number one, the Boston Celtics. After getting Drew Holiday, this may even put them as the championship favorites. But the reason they are the number one team that has to win this year is because Jalen Brown is making $330 million when that contract kicks in. Next season, Jason Tatum is eligible to make another $300 million. So if they don't win the championship this year, they won't even have enough money to build a team around these two superstars. Somebody has to go. Al Horford is close to retirement. They will have to blow it all up. I think getting Drew Holiday is their way of saying we have to win now. They also added Chris Stapps Porzingis in the summertime. And I think they are looking for Drew Holiday to help them get over the hump. They have to be, in everybody's mind, the number one team in the NBA 
to win a title this year or it's done. I don't know how many more years you give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together to, to, to figure it out. They're both veterans now. They've both been in the league five, six years. They've been to a final. They're getting all the accolades, all-star appearances, all-NBA, and they don't have anything to show for it as a team. They got all of the individual accolades, which is usually how it goes in the NBA. Even your greatest players, they got all their individual accolades first, unless you Magic Johnson. I mean, the dude just rolled into the league and won championships. But that was yesteryear. If you talk about current NBA players, even if you go back to Jordan, he got all his individual accolades, MVPs, all that before his team started winning. When will it happen for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? If it doesn't happen now, then when? So I think they are the number one team this season of the top five teams that need to win now before it gets blown up. The Boston Celtics are on the clock. The reason I didn't say the Milwaukee Bucks, because you have to think about it like this. People may be wondering, how the Milwaukee Bucks, how are they not in this list if they just acquired Damian Lillard? Because you have to look at it this way. The Boston Celtics acquired a player with championship pedigree to bring that to their team so they can win now. The Bucks acquired a player looking to win a championship and brought him to an organization that already has championship pedigree. So they have time. They already won as an organization. They are trying to sustain and build that with Dame, and they have time to build that. The pressure in knowing them, they won in the last two, three years. The Celtics have not won at all with this iteration of two superstars. So they reach out to a player with championship pedigree to try to win that. So that's why I don't have Milwaukee on this list. They've won a championship in the last few years. So they're looking to build on the addition of Damian Lillard, whereas the Boston Celtics, they are looking to win now. And that's why they got Drew Holiday. When we come back, we will get into Major League Baseball. Yes, the wild card series have already started. Some have already ended, but we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into what we think will happen with the rest of the playoffs, with the rest of the wild card series when we come back. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, welcome back. Told you we'll be right back with the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We will get into Major League Baseball. The playoffs are here. For those of my baseball fans that have been watching and waiting, we got it right here for y'all. So let's get right into it. Minnesota Twins sweep the Blue Jays earlier today. The wild card series, for those of you who don't know, is a best of three series. And then they move into the championship series and then obviously, or the 
division series and then the championship series. But the Twins sweep the Blue Jays. After winning the American League Central, they come in hot. They were the hottest team coming into the playoffs, winning seven of their last 10 games. They will face the Astros in the ALDS. The Astros are also hot. Ended up taking over the Rangers in the American League West division and winning it and earning themselves a bye to the ALDS. So congrats to the Twins for sweeping the Blue Jays. Then we have the Rangers. Honestly, I didn't think the Texas Rangers can do it. They kind of slid towards the end of the year. They beat the Rays, actually sweep the Rays. Rays having more playoff woes, 99 wins in the regular season, and they get swept out of the wild card round. But the Rangers just continue to surprise everybody. Maybe this is their year, maybe it isn't. But their reward for sweeping the Rays is they get the number one seeded Baltimore Orioles, who seem to be having a dream season of their own. That will be an interesting series. That series will probably go all the way to the end. I think that will go all five games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the championship series. Two inexperienced teams when it comes to playoff appearances. So I'll be interested to see how that series goes. But congrats to the Rangers for sweeping the Rays. In game one, yesterday, the Diamondbacks actually upset the Brewers. And the Brewers and Diamondbacks are playing right now. I believe the Brewers are winning. But I'm actually picking the Diamondbacks to upset and win this series. Styles make fights. Just like matchups make games, make series. I think the Diamondbacks match up well with the Brewers. The Brewers, again, one of those teams that struggle in the playoffs over the last few years. The Diamondbacks play playoff style, methodical baseball. They steal a lot of bases. They get infield hits. They move, they move players around the bases. They're not trying to get the big home runs. They are literally trying to manufacture runs methodically, which is what you'll see in playoff baseball. You'll see good pitching battles, low scoring games. I think the Diamondbacks are built for that. And going on the road and still in game one is indicative of how they can win games when they need to. So I think that the Diamondbacks will win that series. Brewers may tie it up tonight, but I think the Diamondbacks ultimately upset the Brew Crew. Last but not least, Phillies and Marlins. I think the Phillies sweep them tonight, get that series over with. The Phillies are made for October, star-studded team led by Bryce Harper. The Marlins kind of limped into the playoffs. Congratulations to the Marlins for getting in. I just think that they got a bad draw, to be honest. If they would have got the Brewers or the Diamondbacks, maybe they would have won that series or at least made it competitive. I just personally don't believe that they can beat the Phillies. They got a bad draw playing against a team in their division that plays them all the time. I just think they're outmatched. It just happens sometimes you get a bad draw. I remember years ago in the NBA, the We Believe team, the Golden State Warriors, if y'all remember that We Believe team back in 07, they were the eighth seed. They beat the Dallas Mavericks. Dirk Nowitzki was the MVP that year, I think, of the league. They were the number one seed, ran through everybody. That We Believe team beat them in the playoffs, and it was just a bad matchup. They ran into 
a matchup nightmare, Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, all those dudes. I feel like this is the same thing. Obviously, it's not an upset, but the Phillies just match up with the Marlins, and the Marlins got a bad draw. So I think that series will be over. And that's where we're at. So when we get into next week, we're going to get into the division series. It'll be more games. We can dive into who we think is going to win those and who's going to make it to the championship series. But for now, we got the Twins with the sweep. We got the Rangers with the upset. And we got Diamondbacks and Brewers. That series may end up being tied one-on-one by the end of the night. But I'm taking the Diamondbacks to win that series. And I think the Phillies sweep tonight as well. So be sure to tap in with that Major League Baseball updates here on the X-Factor Sports Podcast. When we return, we will give you guys your favorite segment, that bet that segment. We have a five-leg parlay, multi-sport parlay. You don't want to miss this. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We are here with your favorite segment of the show. We call it Bet That. This is where we do our five-leg parlay. Sometimes we do it on the same sport. Sometimes we like to mix it up. We are at that time of year where all the sports are coming back. We got WNBA playoffs. We got Major League Baseball playoffs. NFL, NBA is about to start. Hockey is about to start. We got college football. Everybody's coming together in the fall, right? So we got a five-leg multi-sport parlay I want to give to y'all right now. Starting with the Diamondbacks and Brewers. Again, this is a game that is actually on right now. So this may be a live bet for you. But I have the Brewers taking the money line anyway. Felt like they were going to even up the series. Get back at the Diamondbacks for stealing game one. They will even it up at home. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Diamondbacks straight up. In my next pick... The Marlins and the Phillies. Again, I told y'all in the last segment how I feel about the Phillies and the Marlins with that matchup. The Phillies will sweep, finish this series off short order of the Marlins. So I got the Phillies with the money line on that one as well. Just a more dominant team. Marlins get a bad matchup. The third leg of the parlay. We got WNBA action. Sunday is the WNBA Finals. 
We got New York Liberty at Vegas. I'm going to go ahead and take the under. The over-under is 171 and a half. I'm going to take the under. The reason I'm taking the under, both teams have had a week or more off. Two good defensive teams. It's game one of a five-game series. I think they'll fill each other out. It'll be game one's usually a fill-out game when it comes to a basketball series. And I don't see either one of these teams getting, old, getting 85 or more points on the other because of how good they are defensively. Plus, there might be a little rust offensively. Taking a week off after playing every other day, it's going to be probably a clunky game. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under on that 171 and a half. Again, don't know who's going to win the series. Well, I got Vegas to win the series. I said that in the quick news. But game one may be a toss-up just because of the break they had in between the, the conference finals and the finals. So go ahead and take the under on that. And I'm going to do something I'd never really do. Bet on the Chicago Bears. I don't do it. I don't bet on any of my sports teams. I don't. I take the emotion out. Don't want to bet on them. But this is a special five-leg parlay. Because of this game, I think the Bears will cover this five and a half on the road. And here's why. They played some good football in the first half last week. I still believe that the Bears let Justin Fields down. He had a great game up until the last three drives where he felt like he needed to do it all to try to win that game because the Broncos were coming back. But he played the best game as a pro, I believe, on Sunday. And the plays that he was getting were way more conservative than they were in the first half. If you go back and watch that game, the plays they were running, the designs they had for Justin Fields, letting him move out of the pocket, throw the ball down the field, and in the second half, it looked like they were playing not to lose, which I hate as an athlete. I hate when teams play not to lose. Instead of staying aggressive, playing to win, doing what got you up 28 to 7. But I digress. I'm not upset at all, as you can tell, right? Not upset at all. But I am going to pick the Bears to cover five and a half. Because of that, I think they come back hungry on a short week, look motivated to come out and play. And they're on a 13-game losing streak. I think it may be even 14 now since last season. And last season, when I thought they hit rock bottom, is how awful they played against this very team, the Commanders, on Thursday night football. We were playing poker in this room and watching that Thursday night game, and I wanted to throw everybody out after watching how bad they looked. They looked so bad on Thursday night. And if I remember it, I'm sure everybody in that locker room remembers it. I'm not saying that the Bears will win this game. What I'm saying is they will come out ready to play. And I think that they will at least cover five and a half. So I'm going to take them to cover that spread. And then the last leg of the parlay, the Red River rivalry. Got OU versus Texas. It's a neutral site. They always play in Dallas or they always play neutral. I'm actually taking Oklahoma to upset the number three team in the country, the Texas Longhorns. If you watched the episode last week, episode five, I did my first college power rankings and I had OU at number two in the country. And this is the reason why. I think they are tailor-made to win this game. I think that they their offense is better than Texas. And I believe that they will come out with firepower. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. 
I'm going to go ahead and pick OU to win on the money line. I think this game is too big for Quinn Ewers, the quarterback of Texas. I don't think he scores enough. Obviously, you need to score more to win the game, but I just don't think he'll be able to keep up with OU's style. And for that reason, I'm going to take OU to win this. And if you remember I said last week, if OU gets out of this game with a win, they could possibly run the table because the rest of their schedule is kind of light. They have the opportunity to go undefeated, getting closer to that college football playoff. So this will do big. This will be huge for them to win this Red River rivalry. So I'm taking OU to win straight up. I think they're poised to win this game. So with the five-legged lega, we got the Brewers with the money line winning straight up tonight. The Phillies sweeping the Marlins. Take that straight up. And then on Sunday, so for this parlay, you got to wait till Sunday to collect your money because we got the over-under. We're going to take the under 171 and a half on the WNBA Finals Game 1. The Bears are going to cover 5.5 at Washington. And then we have OU upsetting the Texas Longhorns on Saturday on College Game Day with the money line. So be sure to tap into any of your betting sites. Again, this is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. This is not a betting bookie show or any of that. We do not. This is our disclaimer. If you saw it, we are not a bookie. We are not a sports betting league or any of that stuff. Just letting you know how I feel about these games and how you can place your bets. You can hop on your sites and do that. So hopefully you guys win some money. Good luck. I know I'm placing my bet this week for sure. So be sure to do that. When we come back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to get into our very first X-Factor Sports Power Rankings for the NFL. Yes, we gave y'all top 10 for college. We will give y'all the top 10 in the NFL when we return. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Season 2 of the X-Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X-Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I was very excited about this segment all week. Getting into our very first iteration of the x-factor nfl power rankings yes my power rankings if you notice from last week with the college rankings the record plays a role in it but not really i go by what i see i watch these games i go by the matchups i go by who you played where you played them at how you performed what your offense and defense looks like stacked up against the rest of the league your strength of schedule so far, all of those things kind of are encompassed in how I do my list. So here is our first 
power rankings of the year. At number 10, surprisingly enough, the Tampa Bay Bucks are the number 10 team on the power rankings. They have two, two double-digit wins already, and they are in first place in the NFC South. Nobody expected Tampa Bay to be winning their division at this point because Derek Carr went to the Saints. We figured that they would run away with this division. Tampa Bay said not so fast. Baker Mayfield's playing good football. Like they're winning tough games. They won last week with Mike Evans getting hurt. They're finding ways to win football games. They've already won a divisional game against the Saints. So they already have a game up on them. So got to give credit where credit's due. Wasn't expecting them to be three and one after four weeks of football. So congrats to them. Also, they have a top 10 defense in the league. Got to show respect to that. Show some power to the power rankings. At number nine, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Ravens look good. Even with the injuries on offense, they still are finding ways to win games. Two divisional wins already, arguably in one of the toughest divisions in football in the AFC North. Maybe the Bengals are slipping. They're not as good as we thought they were. But the Ravens are winning the games that they should win and winning divisional games already. Gives them a nice cushion in that division for playoff implications. They did lay an egg against the Colts. Yes, the Colts might be better than we thought towards the end of the year. But that's why we will do power rankings every month. So we can decide kind of if that win or loss kind of held more weight than it should have. But the Ravens are at nine. They're top three in defense and they're number 12 in offense with key weapons out. OBJ hasn't played up to OBJ standards yet. They lost J.K. Dobbins again, but they're still cranking in the right direction. So for that reason, the Ravens are at number nine. Number eight, the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks have some big wins. I don't know if we thought Geno Smith and Pete Carroll was a fluke last year. We thought people would figure them out. They seem to be getting better and better. The longer they let Geno Smith play, the more faith they have in Geno Smith, the more faith the Seattle Seahawks have in their team, but they look good. They got the sixth best offense in football. And Pete Carroll keeps reinventing his football teams. He's won. He's been in the playoffs with every iteration. If you look the let Russ cook era, like they went to the playoffs last year with Geno. They look like they're on pace to go to the playoffs this year. You go back to the let Russ cook. They made the playoffs. You go to the Legion of Boom, where they went to Super Bowls. Hell, you go back to the 7-9 and nine Seahawks when they beat New Orleans in a playoff game. Like, they got a home playoff game because the NFC West was terrible back then with seven wins. So, Pete Carroll just keeps reinventing himself as the oldest coach in football in the NFL and figuring out ways to win, man. I don't know how he motivates young players. He's literally 50 years older than some of his players. And he finds ways to get them up to play and have fun with it. He even said it in his presser. He's like, man, that was fun. It was fun playing football. He said on Monday night when they dismantled the Giants, which a lot of teams may dismantle the Giants this year. So for that reason alone, they rush over 100 yards a game. Um, 
had a huge win over the Detroit Lions on the road, traveling from west to east. And in the power rankings, that you get a feather in your cap from going from east to west or from west to east, playing a noon game against a formidable opponent and getting a win on the road. Put you at number eight on this list. At number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. And some people will look at me crazy. Why are the Chiefs all the way down at seven? They're Super Bowl defending champs, yada, yada, yada. Their record is three and one. This power ranking ain't about records. And it ain't about what you did last year. All right? They look clunky, if that's a word. Yes, they are winning games, but it doesn't look clean. It doesn't look crisp. If you watch that game Sunday night, they damn near gave the game away. I don't know what's up with Mahomes. He doesn't look as sharp as he normally does. And maybe that has something to do with preseason. These, these guys maybe need to play more in the preseason. We talked about that in episode four. Maybe the starters need to play more together, get continuity, stop using the first month of the season for preseason because it puts you behind the eight ball if you lose games. Um, the only clean win they had was against the Bears, who are the worst team in, in the league. Every other win they've had has been clunky. They lost to the Lions at home. Yes, they were without Kelsey. But that to that point, this team relies way too much on Mahomes to do some magical for them to win games. They're putting too much on his shoulders. Now, they are number seven in the power rankings because surprisingly enough, they have one of the best defenses in football. They're top 10 in offense and defense. So they're still formidable. They're still a Super Bowl contending team. But in this first month, they have not been better than the top six teams that I have on this list. Um, so maybe they'll get it cleaned up. I believe they will. But at this moment in time, they are the number seven team in the league to me. At number six, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, they got smacked around by the Buffalo Bills, 48 to 20. But they have, this season, in this first month, one of the most prolific offenses we've seen since, hell, the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams, early 2000s. They are the number one offense in football. I don't think that's a surprise by anybody. Yes, the numbers are skewed a bunch because they scored 70 points one game. But even without that, if you just take the other three games, they're putting up over 30 points a game on everybody. So, But they did have a bad loss to Buffalo. So you got to take points off of that. But if a divisional opponent beats you and they beat you bad like that, the feather goes into the cap of the divisional opponents. If you're noticing a trend with these power rankings, because in football, unlike any other sport, divisional games are so important. Teams are literally built around winning their division because that's how you get in the playoffs. Think about it. We just talked about the Chiefs. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Every single team in that division is drafting or getting defensive players, defensive linemen, athletic, quick guys just to beat Patrick Mahomes. There has to be a formula to win your division in the NFL. If you think about the teams that are on up north in the NFC or the AFC, think about it. In the AFC North, you got the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals. And I'm, man, I'm blacking out on the, on the fourth team. Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, right? 
Those teams play in the north. Cold weather cities. In December, you need a quarterback with a strong arm to play outdoors, to play in the elements. Same thing in the AFC North. Jared Goff, strong arm. Matt Stafford had a strong arm before him. The Bears have had Jay Cutler. Now they have Justin Fields, strong athletic guys. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, strong guys, strong arms. Those are the type of players you need in that division to win. So there's a formula to win in football within the division. So that's why that is a strong indicator in the power rankings. And because of that loss to Buffalo, that hurt them a little bit. We're still waiting to see them beat the elite teams. Yes, they have three big wins, but they're not against the best teams in the league. When they finally run into an elite team, they lost. Same thing they were doing last year. When they ran into the elite teams, they weren't able to get over the hump and win those games. They still have a top 10 off, or they still have the number one offense in the league. But we saw their ceiling with a 50-point win against the Broncos, and then we saw their floor getting beat by almost 30 points to a divisional opponent. So for that reason, they're at number six. Number five, and this may be a surprise to everybody, but the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions are playing some good football at number five. They go into Kansas City on banner night and win that game with, against all odds. Yes, it was an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. And that's what you need in this league to take wins. Hell, I bet every Bears fan wish they had at least one win. So going into that stadium and getting a win was the difference between the Chiefs being undefeated and the Chiefs having a loss at the beginning of their season. Us questioning, you know, how good they are. So you got to give them that. Top 10 offense, ranked 13th in defense, the Detroit Lions. Played two teams already that's in this power ranking, beat one, lost to one. And they get their first round wide receiver back, Jameson Williams. He finally comes back from his suspension or his ban from the gambling. Number one wide receiver out of Alabama. So their offense gets better. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And they're, they're playing good football. They're, they're trucking along. They already have a huge divisional win at Green Bay. So they have two big road wins already. Tough places to play in the first month. They probably played the toughest schedule out of everybody that's on these power rankings and they only got one loss from it. So congratulations to the Detroit Lions. They are number five on this list. At number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Eagles are at number four. Some people may be saying, how are the Eagles at number four? They're undefeated. Well, they don't have a Super Bowl hangover because they're winning games. Yes, these games have been clunky, but they're finding ways to win them. The defense is not as good as expected. We expected this defense to be elite. They're still rated in pro football focus as the number one defensive line. But so maybe the secondary is not where it's at. But finding ways to win games regardless. And if you did not know this, the Eagles have allowed more touchdowns than they've scored this season. So yes, they're 4-0, but just to give you an idea to crystallize how clunky it's been, they've allowed more touchdowns than they've scored. 
So even with that top five defense offense, defense is struggling a little bit. So they need to clean that up. At number three, it's their divisional rival, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Cowboys have lost the game. They laid an egg against Arizona, but they're beating the hell out of everybody else they play. <laughs> All right. Believe it or not, the Cowboys, top five in offense and defense, which is what leapfrogs them over the Eagles. Haven't played any real good opponents yet, but the schedule does get tougher starting this week. They play San Francisco, so we will see where they are in the next power rankings. But as of right now, got to give them respect for beating the teams that they were in front of or that were in front of them for beating them. Got to give them credit. All the games they won have been by 20 points or more. To say that in the NFL where there's so much parity for them to win three of the four games by almost three touchdowns is impressive. It's still the NFL. And that's a part of power rankings is de demolishing your opponents, dominating your opponents. So yes, a little bit of style points does help in the power rankings, but beating down the teams in front of you and getting a divisional win to start the season off, what you want to do. At number two, the Buffalo Bills. And also, before I get into this, make sure y'all comment, like, share, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. Be sure to comment. Let me know how you feel about the power rankings. If you think this team should be higher than that team, I love hearing how you guys think, what you feel. So let me know. At number two, though, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills look like one of the best teams in football. Yes, they lost the first game to the Jets. Josh Allen played terrible. It was opening night, 9-11. Very emotional game for the Jets. They lose Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, I think the Jets, I think Buffalo underestimated the Jets and just thought they can walk in and just win, play, play an ugly game, and just walk out with a W, and it didn't work. Since that game, though, I don't know what's happened in that locker room, but somebody told them they need to straighten up because since then, they've been one of the best teams in football. They've beaten everybody by at least four touchdowns. So losing to the Jets pissed them off, clearly. They're beating every team by four touchdowns. Huge win over Miami, like I said, winning that game 48-20. to 20. Number two in offense and defense. And they get Von Miller back this week. So... Not only are they already beating teams by 28 points or more, they get arguably one of the best defensive players of this generation, of this era, coming back. So I'm excited to see what they do. They get Jacksonville in London this week. Then they got the Giants, Patriots, and the Bucks are their next four games. When we do the power rankings next month, they could be 7-1. They have an opportunity to be 7-1 going into the next power rankings. They look good. Looks like they're clicking, firing on all cylinders. Hopefully they haven't peaked yet for their sake. But got to give credit where credit's due with the Bills being the number two team on offense and defense and dominating their opponents by 28 or more points. Power rankings, right? Got to show dominance. And at number one, San Francisco 49ers. They have been the best team in football. They've arguably been the best team in the regular season since last year. Can't tell that Brock Purdy had surgery on his elbow. 
They've won 13 straight regular season games dating back to last year. This guy has not lost a game. They have so many offensive weapons. Brandon Ayuk has become a threat. He has arrived. We already know about Debo. We know about George Kittle. Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the league right now. He's been the best player in football. They protect Brock Purdy. I mean, top three in offense and defense. They can win games a multitude of ways. They can grind you out. They can blow you out. They can play situational football. They can run the ball down your throat. They can pass the ball over your head. We've seen them win. In four weeks, we've seen them win in four different ways. And they've all been dominant wins. So because of that, they are the number one team in the power rankings. Offense and defensive lines are two of the best units in football. Their offensive line is top 10. Their defensive line is the number two defensive line. And their receiving core is the number three receiving core in football. They are the most complete team in the NFL right now. And for that reason, you got to give the San Francisco 49ers the number one team in the power rankings. So that's my list. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, comment, hate it, love it. Tell me how you feel about it. But I believe that is the top 10 teams right now in the NFL. And we will do this every month. When we get to week eight, we will talk about the power rankings and who are the best teams in the NFL. When we come back, we got a special two-minute warning for you guys. Appreciate you for tuning in. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Mondane, episode six of season two. Always want to thank you guys for tuning into the show. A lot of people love this segment, the last segment of the show, the two-minute warning, where I like to get into life stuff, you know, kind of tie it all together. I enjoy it, have fun with it. So I had me, this had me thinking, the seasons are changing, we're in fall now. So it had me thinking about life with people, you know, people come to you in seasons, right? People, we've heard that saying before, you know, this is a season of a friendship may have come and gone, someone you fell in love with, et cetera, right? From the time we're born to the time we die, we may have five or six different people we call our best friend. We may fall in love with somebody, maybe three or four different people in our lifetime. I've experienced this personally. And friendships will end. People will do you wrong. You know, you might grow apart. But that's what we call seasons. You may have this friendship that you had as a kid. You grow apart. You grow out of it. Things may happen. 
But understanding that is a part of life. Understanding that people come to you in seasons, whether they're good or bad. But recognizing that as long as you're good to people, like the seasons, people can fall off. You know, people may be cold to you. But if you're good to everybody or good to people, just like the seasons, it all comes back around and reinvents itself. So you got to make sure that you are cognizant of that. I've lost friends. We've grown apart, family even, people I haven't seen or talked to in over 20 years. But some of those same people, if I run into them, go back home and run into them, we'll pick up like we like nothing ever happened. Like I just saw him yesterday. But I understand that in life, we all go through these different seasons. I'm in a season right now. You're in a season right now, whether it's good or bad. But understanding where you are in that and preparing yourself through that season and getting through it and knowing that it can come back around and just being good to everybody. So be sure to take that with you. Understand the seasons of life. Understand the seasons of different people. Always be good to people and it will always come back around to you. So this is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Next week, I'm going to check in with y'all. Be sure to tap into the podcast. We got NBA playoff predictions next week. We got the WNBA finals. We're going to talk about who we got winning. Update on games. And then the X Factor NFL Week 6 X Factors will be back next week on the show. This is Jay Mondane signing out. Peace.